Hey everyone, this is Dave DeBow here with another episode of the Property Profits Real Estate Podcast. Today, zooming in, the one, the only, the exceptional, Mr. Taylor Welsh. Taylor, how are you doing today? I am living my best life. It's good to be here with you and I uh, cannot wait to hang. Well, me too, man. And I'm, in, I'm glad to be part of living your, some of your best life for this day today. And if you're not familiar with Taylor, just do a little Google search on this guy. He is a rock star in many different fields. He's created multiple seven-figure companies, best-selling author, speaker, consultant, real estate investor. That's what we're going to be focused on mostly here today is the real estate investing side of business. So Taylor, welcome to the call. And let's, let's just jump in. How, where, and why did you get involved in real estate investing? I took a job at a real estate firm in 2000, the end of 2000, and it was actually 2013. And the company was turnkey rental flip company, but we have property management built in. And I, I was moving from working full-time in the ministry in Memphis, Tennessee to this real estate firm, but they put me in property management. So I didn't know what real estate was, how it works. I knew that people lived in houses, but I didn't know that there was, uh, you know, investors that owned houses that you rented. Right. And so I inherited the property management side of this firm. Within about six months, I had taken over the entire management side of the business. We had about 6,000 houses under management. So it was a big job. That's a huge and, job. Huge. But not the, not the job you want. It was my old boss used to say, you get in where you fit in. And nobody wants to do property management. But when you're good at it, it's always going to be there. There's always going to be a market for it. And so through proximity, I learned the ins and outs of how real estate works, single family residential. How do you buy? How do you, how to rehab? And the idea of value adding single family residential through, you know, putting the lipstick on the house and then renting to, uh, to a hungry market. I transitioned out of that into the consulting world, spent a couple of years building businesses. And then once I had a surplus of capital, I went back into the real estate world, but this time as an investor rather than a property manager. And then the rest is history. We built a single family residential firm. We're developing big short-term rental communities right now cool. in three different markets here in the US. And it's just a lot of fun. It's a crazy time to be a real estate investor. There's just so much happening. You know, obviously, if you're invested in properties, your money is doing really well because of inflation and the way that the surplus of money is hitting the markets and also the supply chain, but it's a crazy time and we're having a lot of fun, but that's how I got started. Property management. Very cool. So Taylor, tell us a little bit about your existing, your current real estate business. You're talking about, you're creating short-term rental communities. So I've heard of short-term rentals and we know a lot of people that have got a property here or there, or kind of all over the place. What does a short-term rental community look like? So there's two main trends that we're seeing right now. The first is build for rents. So these are big communities that you buy the land and you build a hundred houses. Right. We have in the US, we have a shortage of almost four and a half million homes in the next couple of years. It's absolutely crazy. Banks are basically doing portfolio lending. If you can get the land to go in and develop neighborhoods and they call them BFRs, you know, build for rent communities. The second trend is the short-term rental craze. You know, Airbnb has really survived you know, the first 
I guess you could call it a recession. Right. Um, and VRBO and all of these short-term nightly rental companies. I think right now, actually, if you look at Airbnb's nightly rental averages, they're up seven or eight percent as compared to uh, the same quarter in 2019. So you go back before COVID, before the pandemic, we're still up seven or eight percentage points on a average nightly rental basis. And so what it's proving is that this is a asset class that's going to be around for a while. It's a significant legitimate threat to the hotel industry, not just the short term up and down cycle. And so we're taking those two trends and we're merging them together and we're doing build for rent short term rentals. And so we're, we buy lands and we're building 30, 40, 50 condos, brand new construction. Yeah. That's all for the purposes of short term rentals. So people vacationing, doing nightly rentals. So basically, you're going to be focusing on like entire neighborhoods and specific communities. And the whole kit and caboodle is going to be short term rentals, like nightly type stuff. Yep, that's it. And you see these already like on the beach and the coasts. Yeah. But we're going into different lake cities and, you know, vacation spots that are kind of more landlocked. So it's not, it's destination. Vacation type idea. Correct. That would represent a third type of trend, which is your extended stay communities. So what we're seeing is in Blackstone just bought up, you know, another extended stay development It's a hotel chain. And so as things lighten up, I think we're going to see just a crazy explosion on not only short-term rentals because people want to travel, but people going in and booking short-term rentals specifically to stay there for 30 days, 60 days, 90 days, and they'll travel around the country staying in these Airbnbs. And we're building communities that cater to both of those markets. Very cool. That is very, very interesting. And have you actually got some of these up and going or, or in process? We have a handful of short-term rentals already in one of our main markets. So we're building out in that market, it's Branson, Missouri. I don't know if you've ever heard of Branson, but it's one of those, it's on a lake and it's a staycation and people come in from you know, four or five different states to stay there. We've broken ground in Nashville on a subdivision of condos here in Nashville. Nashville is one of the more popular destination cities in America. I would imagine. Yeah, concerts, bachelorette parties, football, hockey, all of the above. And then our third market that we're doing this is down on the coast of Alabama. So we're trying to find places. And this goes back to like my philosophy as a real estate investor is I don't necessarily have any problem with renting to the top of market because they're always going to be there. But there's something to be said for some of these communities like Branson. And in a good in a good time when ec- the economy is healthy, your lower middle class tend to go to Branson to vacation. Mm-hmm. And in a bad time, you know your middle upper class that would typically go down to Florida or 30A, they're going to Branson instead. And so it tends to cater on both sides of the economy. That's what we're looking for. And we do the same thing in our long-term rentals because we have a big we have a portfolio of long-term residential homes as well. We're trying to find the sweet spots. And right now in US, it's like you have to go to secondary tertiary markets to find markets that cater to healthy job growth and population growth at the same time, because that kind of incubates you in from the normal ups and downs in real estate. As a cash flow investor, you're, you're safe either way. But if you want, if you care about appreciation and the value of the home itself, making sure that 
you're not just, you know, Manhattan is not necessarily where I'm wanting to build real estate right. because it's going to tank or the West coast. We're not necessarily wanting to go out there. So it's the secondary and tertiary markets that aren't necessarily as prime, but they cater to a wide exposure of different people. Wow. That's another fantastic idea. Hold on to that thought for a sec. We'll be right back. Now, are you a real estate investor who's ran out of cash or credit to grow your portfolio? Are you looking to grow your portfolio using other people's money and raising capital? Well, I want to show you how to raise six figures or more in six weeks or less at my upcoming Investor Attraction Workshop. You can get your ticket and find out all about it at InvestorAttractionWorkshop.com. We're going to spend a full day taking a deep dive into this roadmap that I've used to raise millions for my deals, and I've helped other people just like you cumulatively raise hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars for their deals as well. So again, you can check that out at InvestorAttractionWorkshop.com. And as a loyal listener to the podcast, you'll get 50% off your ticket when you use the discount code PODCAST. That's right, discount code PODCAST at InvestorAttractionWorkshop.com. See you at the next workshop. Plus, I would imagine that it's a fairly secure kind of an investment because you're building these properties from the ground up. You're building a condominium. You're planning to have this whole community of short-term rentals. But if if whatever happened and that stopped working, well, then you've got beautiful properties to either turn around and, and rent as medium-term rentals, medium-term furnished rentals, long-term normal unfurnished rentals, sell them off. Yep. You've got so many different exit strategies and rental strategies with this. Yep. The optionality is high. We yeah. do whatever we want to with them. Yep. Oh, that's fantastic. Smart stuff. Now, Taylor, correct me if I'm wrong, but you also have a lot of background in working with turnkey properties for other investors. Is that correct? That you guys have, have been doing a lot of that over the years as well? Tell, tell me a little bit about we have, that. Yeah, the, that goes back to also just my roots. That's where I learned real estate was we would go buy you know properties that were really, really banged up, not great places or great neighborhoods. And we would fix them and then we would flip them to investors and then manage the the tenants for the investors. So that's kind of where I got started. The firm that I run on the residential side today, Wealth Cap Holdings, we do a hybrid of that model in that we don't have in-house property management. It's kind of the it's kind of the place that I didn't want to go back to is building in-house property management. We have really great partners in our markets. But what we'll do is if we overbuy in an area or a zip code or if you know, we're trying to rebalance the portfolio. I'll give you an example. We had a lot of houses in Kansas City, Missouri, great market. But at the end of the day, we wanted to move our renovations teams and our, our contacts to a newer market. So we moved to Charlotte, North Carolina. And so what we did with those houses is we kind of, you know, we took the portfolio, we kind of just amortized down to no exposure by selling a bit each month to investors. Great P&Ls, great renters, the market's fine, but we wanted to reallocate capital to a different market. So we do turnkey, but we don't do full-on turnkey. We're, we're not selling the house with the property management baked in. We're actually probably on our last days of doing investor flips, period, simply because if we go through the process of, of acquiring, finding, negotiating, buying, renovating the last thing in the world I want to do is sell that house. Yeah, exactly. You know? You've done the, the so, hard work. You brought the lift to it. Yeah. yeah. It's it's really something that we did for operation expenses at the very beginning of the firm. Yeah. 
mm-hmm. because that covered a lot. We were able to go in, sell eight houses in a month, keep 12 houses, and then the profit flow from the eight paid for the 12 and our team. So it was a really neat model. But now with commercial and development, it's not as necessary. And so what I'm finding is every house that we sell, like one of my friends called me on Friday, Friday morning last week, it was about 8.30 in the morning. He said, man, I just signed and I'm grabbing seven of your properties. And I was like, what? And I didn't know you were doing this. So he bought seven of our properties. I was like, man, that is, I'm excited for you, but I'm so angry at the same time that you're taking our property. So I think we're going to transition into just not really doing that as much. Plus with the way the market is, you can sell on the MLS for 120% what you can sell to an investor. It's just a weird time because of supply and demand. So I don't know if that answers your question. We're hopping out of the turnkey business. It makes complete sense. So Taylor, you know, some folks are probably listening to this and going, this is a sharp guy. That's for sure. He knows his stuff when it comes to business and sounds like he knows his stuff when it comes to real estate investing. What kind of advice would you give to a mom and pop real estate investor who's chugging along with one or two or three properties, single family homes in their portfolio, and they want to start kicking things up to a a higher level, perhaps not the Taylor Welsh level just yet, but you know something kicking things along. What are some of the suggestions or biggest mistakes you see people making when they want to scale or grow? From my vantage point, I always am looking at shortcuts, not in actually a way of cutting corners, but what are the areas that I could do this faster without sacrificing quality, without increasing my risk exposure? I would recommend finding ways to accommodate partnerships. I think that a fascinating thing happens when you take a mom and pop investor and you connect them with another mom and pop, and then you connect with another mom and pop is you actually become more institutional in your ability to take down projects. I think partnerships is one of the greatest cheat codes, not only in business, but in investing and just life in general. So that's something that we have done is we're looking at people who are playing a similar game, but slightly different. How can we partner up together? Because we're going to get the the pros of their model and they're going to get the pros of our model. And then we meet in the middle and we also get, to answer your second question, we get a more rounded out risk mitigation because there's a guy right now we're bringing into the firm. His name is Justin. I've made a lot of mistakes in real estate and he's made a lot of mistakes in real estate, but some of the mistakes he's made, I haven't had the the misfortune of making, but now I get to avoid them because he he's gone through them and I don't have to go through them myself. I would say a mistake would be, I think there's a traditional, like the traditional advice is, you know, just start with one house and then get two houses and then four houses, but not looking at ways to increase your exponential curve along the way. Because when you get eight houses, there's a real shot that you can take the equity, collateralize those properties, and then you can buy 40 unit apartment complex with the capital that's built up in those eight houses. It's not necessarily linear or equal. Mm-hmm. So being okay and, and talking with different people, partnering with different people, but being okay with jumping levels. And I think sometimes people will say, I want a hundred houses and they divide a hundred houses by how many they can buy in a year. Well, that's not necessarily the, the right math for you to get to hundred houses. So be looking for people like me, people like you, people that invest and how can you team up to become a lot bigger? You know, when you go on a, my wife and I got to go on an African safari. And uh, one of the things they said is, you know, you stay in the vehicle and don't even put your arms outside of the vehicle because when these big cats and elephants, they look at the vehicle as if it's 
an animal and they recognize it as one big thing, even though it's, you know, 12 humans on a bus, they view it as one predatory animal. So like partnership allows you to be and appear bigger than you are and take advantage of it. Don't go solo the rest of your life. That would be my advice. Fantastic advice. Taylor, it's been fantastic getting to meet you, getting to chat with you a little bit. If people want to find out more about you and what you're up to, especially when it comes to the real estate side of things, what should they do? A couple places. You can go to taylorawelch.com slash links, L-I-N-K-S. That'll take you to a, a menu of different projects that I have. You can also go to my Twitter, which username is Taylor A. Welch. We're spinning up some really awesome things right now, specifically in the real estate world. You just want to find me online on Twitter. I talk about everything there. This is one of my favorite platforms to talk about the markets and investing in real estate. And then just send me a message. If you follow me, send me a message. Tell me where you uh, found out about me. I love to engage and have conversations. You know, I'm not one of those gurus who just posts things all day. I want to have a conversation. So those are the best two places to start. Fantastic. Taylor? Thank you so much. This has been great. Thank you. All right, everybody. Take care. We'll see you on the next episode. Well, hey there. Thanks for tuning into the Property Profits Podcast. If you like this episode, that's great. Please go ahead and subscribe on iTunes. Give us a good review. That'd be awesome. I appreciate that. And if you're looking to attract investors and raise capital for your deals, then I'm going to invite you to get a complimentary copy of my newest book, right back there. There it is. The Money Partner Formula. You can get a PDF version at InvestorAttractionBook.com. Again, InvestorAttractionBook.com. Take care.